from Relay FM. This is the Pen Addict, episode 251. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley, and I have the pleasure of being joined by Mr. Brad Dowdy. What's up, Mike? Man, I am whipped. The after party of the episode 250 last week, it was a throwdown, and yep. I am just exhausted. You know, you were wasted, bouncing off the walls. Light shade on my head. Yeah, pen ink was flying everywhere. My walls are ruined. It was uh, it was quite the event. So uh, thank you everyone for attending the the episode two hundred and fifty party. It was amazing. We had a good. We yeah, just you sound you, you sound pretty rough. Actually, yeah. I mean, I'm dealing with some stuff right now. You know, <laughs> it's the episode two fifty hangover. It's exactly. a thing. It's a real deal. It is a yeah. real deal. Yeah, but. Uh, Thankfully, Anna kept us straight on the last episode and didn't yep. let us get too, too wild in the in the after party. So we're here to bring more pen goodness to these fine people in episode 251. We have crossed the threshold. There's no turning back. Episode 500 or bust from here on out, right? That's what they tell me. Yeah, it's going to happen because uh, I have no I, I'm, not, I'm not stopping anytime soon. And like we've said it, about every 10 episodes or 20 episodes or so, I've never had more fun doing this than I do right now. So what's going to stop us? The pen industry ain't going anywhere. They are definitely not going anywhere. And the the uh, pen-related Kickstarters are not going anywhere either, Mike. We have a couple to discuss uh-huh. this week. The first one I am super pumped about. So there's a blog called Squishy Ink that I've just been following her for the past, I don't know, six months or a year. It hasn't been around very long. She is super into inks, like crazy amounts of ink reviews, like four ink reviews a week, all this rare Japanese stuff. So I love her site and she costs me money. And she let me in on a little project she's working on called the Hippo Noto, which she is putting together a full notebook sized thick 500 page Tomoe River paper notebook. Now, Mike, I know you're not the biggest Tomoe River guy, but what do you think about the Hippo Noto? I think it looks really sweet. I mean, and I am, yeah. a, I am a Tomoe guy. That cross field. Oh, that's dealio. right. I did buy you that one. I did buy I you use that one. All the time. It's all cool, isn't it? I love like having the bound Tomoe paper in like a dot grid. You know, that's why I fell in love with the Hobonichi originally. I was like, it's Tomoe and it's graph paper, and I can get I can do this. Except it had dates, and that just screwed me up. This does not have dates. It's a regular notebook. Um, but it's and it's not a little, regular. It's, <laughs> this thing it's is by far no from means regular. regular. <laughs> it's far from regular. Number one, it's gigantic in thickness. Yep. Number two, it's small in stature. Um, it's not an overly big notebook. It's somewhere between A6 and A5. I'm guessing yep. she calls it pocket A5. Um, and it's a good size. I wonder if it would benefit with the thickness to be a little bit bigger, but I just don't care because it's bound to Moe River in a hardcover. And anytime, if you have bound to Moe River and not blank pages, I'm there. Like, done. So I backed this, I backed this for two notebooks. And not only that, um, there's a special Robert Oster hippo purple ink that it's made for this project. Um, there's a there's a good story behind this project. You should go and read it, watch the video. Or no, there's not a video. Sorry, I say that. Um, as I I'm used to just Kickstarters having video. Uh-huh. There's not a video in this one, but there's a great story behind the notebook. You should all go read that. And um, 
this first stretch goal is already hit, so there's going to be another color cover. I'm all about it. Like the community just ate this up when it launched, and you know, Tomoe River Paper Special Edition Ink. That's how you do a Kickstarter. I don't know what else to say besides that, right? It's pretty awesome. Yeah, let me let me ask you a question on this one, right? Because yep, I'd never used a notebook this thick before. I don't think many mm-hmm. people will have. Um, what's it going to be like when you're using the first few pages on this? It's going to be very raised, but. You know, the Tomoe, like your cross field, I think is close to 400 pages already. So it's not going to be that much thicker. Okay. It's just going to be a little bit. It's small, I think. It's smaller. So, yeah. So you're going to have, you know, your wrist is going to be raised. It's going to be a little deep, you know, kind of right up front. Um, But I'm interested to see how it works. So, yeah. If, If it was me, I would have liked a little wider, but like I said, it's Tomoe. I'm used to the smaller format for Tomoe with the Hobonichis, which is A6 size, which is smaller than this. And uh-huh. yeah, it, it'll it be a little thick. I, I'm interested to see how like, yeah, the first few pages go. But after that, I think you're just sailing from there. I got my pledge in for one notebook <laughs> and one bottle of the ink. Nice, nice. Yeah. So I great. did the, I did two notebooks. Um, and the next stretch goal is $30,000 for a pin loop. And the $40,000 is the ivory Tomoe paper option, which uh, I would vote for. So I bet it gets to 40. This thing funded in. Yeah. I mean, they got 24 days and we're at 28 grand. This is going to get to 40. Yeah. It funded. Uh, What's the chat room saying? Funded in 23 hours. I don't know. The first stretch goal was hit in 23 hours. It funded <laughs> like quicker than that. Like I might not even, it went so fast. I don't even know if I got in before they hit their goal. So, um, very successful. I hope everything goes well with this Kickstarter. Um, if you like Tomoe River paper and ink, this is something you should very much consider. Yep. Um, because it's, uh, you know, Squishy Ink's part of this wonderful community that we're in. And we're going to talk about that later in the show about, you know, supporting creators and, you know, why there's a difference between, say, supporting the hippo noto or buying rhodia so we got a question about that from the stpa so there will be a choice at the end of the campaign for blank line or dot grid paper yeah that's cool yep so i'm all about that this will be good yeah of course i just was worth saying we're recording this episode in advance um Mm -hmm. because of some travel so it won't be 24 days and it won't be at 28 grand it will be much higher than that right so i wonder where it will be when people actually hear this episode yes um, I bet we'll be over 30. Yep. While we're talking about Kickstarters, I want to just mention an Indiegogo campaign that mm-hmm. I have backed. It's huge, and I, I I am dubious about it actually becoming a product, even though I've backed it, because if it's if it does, it will be awesome. It's called Nimuno, the Nimuno Loop. It is a tape, a rubber tape, that you can stick onto stuff and then put Lego blocks on the on the tape it's like mm-hmm. a, a big rubber lego that has adhesive on the back of it so you mm-hmm. can put lego bricks on it and it can go up in any like you you stick it on the wall and then put mm-hmm. lego on the wall um right it's raised one and a half million dollars has 14 days left uh, I think it looks really freaking cool and if it works out like I would love this right like I could do mm-hmm. weird things with lego you know from like a presentation perspective 
Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, they try and get around it by, by by being like, you can use any toy block thing. Yeah. I just don't know if they're going to be able to ship this without Lego being like, no, nah, you're not doing this. Right. That's my first question, right? Are they going to get, you know, cease and desisted, yeah. sued, something? And I don't because- think that they necessarily should. Like, this is an inventive right. product, I, I think is a good idea. Like, it's not one of those things. I, I mean, I don't look at this and think to myself, oh, they're just profiting off the back of Lego. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. that, honestly. Like, because you could use other toy blocks and you could use Lego, but it's just, it's like an accessory to Lego. Um, right. But Lego is very protective of yeah. their of their product. And this is big enough. They sure as heck know that this is a thing. Oh, Lego are I mean, very aware of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I started seeing this about, about a week ago. I started seeing it uh, kind of go across my feeds. And I was actually going to put this in one of our show notes because even though it's not pen related, I, like, I think it's interesting enough that like the people that listen to this show are into this kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Like I would totally be for this. It's a great um, idea. It's a, it's a really plus, great idea. Yeah, and you can do cool pin stuff with it too, you know, make uh, different uh, pin cases and pin holders on your desk and have them stuck on there yep. and have some rad little Lego things going on. But yeah, you 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 certainly can't say Lego in the name and I just wonder, you know, well, I I I know you will keep an eye on this um and I, I would like an update. So Yeah, I mean, I'm a backer. I mean, and they're saying they'll ship uh, August. Yeah, and that's the uh that's the um thing about this Indiegogo is if it funds, the money's gone, right? Yeah. They they are essentially a money in advance thing, so if they get their pants sued off of them, you're stuck. Yep. Um, it would have to be canceled beforehand, so there's two weeks left, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're to the good. There was, that a, there was so. a big Kickstarter recently that got, um, that this happened to, I can't remember what the product was now, but I think it was like, um, it was some kind of like uh, it was a digital product, you know, like it was it was like mm-hmm. a, you know what it wasn't like just like a pen or something. It was like a little computery thing. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I could remember what it was, but uh, they were just like, yeah, no, it's gone and all the money's gone and you're not going to get refunds. You're not going to get any products. It's all gone. We went wow. bust. Like we went bankrupt. Wow. And it was like Jeez. one of these kickstarters that raised over like a million dollars or something. Mm-hmm. Like it happens. You got to be prepared for that when you go in on it. Yep. Like I've I've it put twenty nine dollars into this thing. Um, because I would really love it if I can get it, but I actually think that there's a very strong chance that that money's just going to be gone. <laughs> I think there is well over a fifty percent chance. Like I think this is a dice roll. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, again, it's, like it's a totally cool. Problem. By the time this episode comes out, um, in a few, in a few <laughs> days after we record it, uh, yeah. it might not exist anymore. Who knows? Might, but uh, it might not be there anymore. Um, what will be there when this? project is there or gone and will be there somehow for the rest of your life because you can track it is something called the cross are we going to go tracker or track r it is tracker and i will say at this point that tracker has been a previous relay fm sponsor uh brad found this clearly not knowing that or not remembering mm. that tracker had been a sponsor and he put it in the notes i do want to mention that straight up front like no one's asked us to put this in there but tracker have been a, a sponsor of some relay fm shows in the past Okay, so they have not sponsored our show. I did. Nope. I had never heard of them, but they're a standalone company yep. that works with other companies to integrate their Bluetooth tracking technology into products. Well, right? they also that- they, they make their own as well. So sure, sure, they sure. make their own little dealios, their own little things. I have them in my bags, right? So I can so, track my bags. 
Would it be unfair to say if you're familiar with Tile, it has that type of technology? It's exactly the same thing. Okay. So what Tracker's done in this case, why it's relative to the show, is they've partnered up with Cross, uh, the pin manufacturer. And I didn't hear much about this until the past couple weeks, although I think it might have been around... I don't know, maybe it just started getting pressed this month, but I think the pen's been around a little bit. It's called the Cross Peerless uh, Tracker, and it's just what you think it is. It's a Bluetooth integration into a pen. That way, if you lose your pen, you have the app on your phone, you can then find your pen again. Um, what are your thoughts on this? So I'll straight up say that like all Cross pens, I do not think this is a good looking pen, and sure. neither would I want it, like Bluetooth tracking or not. But what this is, this is cross completely understanding their customer base, mm-hmm. which they are very good at doing. This is such a great executive gift. Yeah. Because it's like, I bought you this really nice pen and you won't lose it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like it it is addressing a problem that many people think they're gonna have of expensive pens, that you won't lose it. Right, and and I think that's I think it's very interesting. I think it's an interesting product. I think it's a it's a a, a clever, very clever collaboration. Um, I think I think that this will I think this will sell pretty well for them, honestly. Yes, I'm pretty much on the same page. the The problem I have is they blew out an already large pin design to make it larger. Yes, big to it's real big. To fit the tech in, I bet it's weighted so badly. Oh my! They've God. crossed. I think they might have crossed. Um, yeah, they might have crossed a balance threshold here. That's not going to work. So, like the cross Townsend, I think is kind of the design. I mean, this is a basic cross design, and when it was already a large pen, like it was pushing the maximum size that I think a lot of people would be comfortable writing with a pen with, and this blew it out in every direction like yep. diameter length everything um i'd like to see this pen there i don't know if there's images of it next to a regular townsend and see what this is like this is something i would never use this is something they will sell the heck out of just yeah. like you said um it actually i mean it looks good it's, i just think it's too big um the integration of the bluetooth it's kind of like the roll stopper which is it's kind of cool how they integrated it. It's just super large, right? It's just a f- big, fat, chunky pen. Um, if I have a pen that size, I'm already not going to lose it. And I don't lose pens anyway, but I think they will sell the heck out of this. They so will. we're looking at like 250 US dollars for this pen. Yep. I mean, it's right in that category. Like someone's going to walk into a store in New York and say, yeah, we need five of these for the board and this is what we're doing there. I mean, the, it'll sell, it'll do well. Um, I would be shocked if I ever saw one in person, but someone will, uh, someone will take me to that task. I really like that. It has a replaceable battery mm-hmm. because the actual tracking units themselves that they sell, they're not replaceable batteries because they're just, they're this little cheap thing that you're supposed to keep for a year or two and then oh, okay. you replace it, right? Like that's just cut. It is in essence its own battery, right? Like it's like the cost of the sure. battery or whatever. But this just takes, I think, those little watch batteries, and you get a year battery life from them, but you can just replace them. Okay. And I think that's good. But that goes into the size of the pen too, right? I mean, you yeah. have, to have that technology that's all added into there, into that. So, see, I'm sure they probably could have made it smaller if the battery was integrated. But I think mm-hmm. they made the right tra- trade off because it's a two hundred and fifty dollar pen. Right. You don't want to be asking people to replace it because the battery died. 
True. You know? Yeah, I think you have to do it that way. Totally. So I'd, I'd be interested in seeing one in person to see what it feels like, but I, I don't think I'll, this is something I would ever own. Yep. But um, I do agree with you that I think they will sell. I think this will do well for yep. Cross. I do. What I think is even better, Mike. Did you know this before I said this? Because I feel like I missed out on this when I was talking about the Mondo Verde one touch pen that I like so much that Ron at Pen Chalet had a big sale on. Yep. A I few remember weeks ago that I, about it. I didn't buy because I already had one. I don't need another one. And then my good friend Mary Collis <laughs> comes out with this review at her wonderful blog from the Pen Cup. OMG, I didn't know this was a thing, was yeah. basically my response. Same so what I saw it in <laughs> refill, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how did I miss this? Yeah. How did I not know this was a thing? So essentially, when we were talking about the, the Monteverdi One Touch, we were commenting on how there's five or so versions of the pen, you know, ballpoint, rollerball, fountain pen, pencil, um, whatever one I'm missing. Maybe there's only four, but... The rollerball, I just assume, was your regular old Monteverdi rollerball. Turns out, it is short international ink cartridge compatible. Yep. So it ships with ink cartridge refills, just like from your fountain pen, short international cartridges. So Mary, as a good pen addict would do, she filled up one of her empty short international ink cartridges with Robert Oster Fire and Ice. And it the output looks wonderful. These are this is always a sketchy thing when companies do roller ball, fountain pen fillable roller balls. They, they tend call it, not to. They call it the ink ball, the ink ball. So yeah. hopefully it was designed to flow a little bit better because that's your issue with companies that have done this in the past, like Jay Herbon, where and Caveco, the ink just doesn't flow very well. It's a very dry, not lubricated ink ball. So I wonder if this was manufactured to allow the ink to flow a little bit better because you can't really control the ink. Um, if you're if you're going this route, I mean, you can always say, well, it works well with Monteverde's ink cartridges, but you know us, we're not going to stick with that. We're going to play with it because that's why we want it because we can do weird things with it just like Mary did. It's just, it's awesome. I It's it's ridiculously cool. I I love this pen, and I have to get one. I haven't yeah, bought it yet. I want yet, one. I want but one. I I'm totally getting one. There they'll be at the. I know they'll be there at the Atlanta Pen Show because their distributor usually comes. Uh, so someone will have them there, and I'm I'm getting it. It's probably like forty bucks or something. And I missed the last sale, but um, and it has a ruler, a spirit level, a stylus, and two screwdriver heads built into it. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. what is this like? monster this like f- beautiful frankenstein <laughs> it is a pen that has two screwdrivers in it a ruler mm-hmm. a spirit level and you can put fountain pen ink into it what is yeah. this thing it's incredible <laughs> my spirit level is high yeah i need i need <laughs> i need to get one of these i need to get yeah. one of these so yeah this is going to be a thing so i actually I started to go put one in my cart, and then I couldn't decide on the color. And then I was like, well, I'll just get one at the Atlanta Pen Show, and I can look at them all. Yep. Because it comes in about six colors. And I, I'm i all about this. This I am super jacked about this pen. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. So thank you, Mary, for opening my eyes and, and learning me something. It was uh, It was really cool. 
the next new product, like we talked about on the last episode, and I kind of was going to get all these together, but it's just it's just too much, <laughs> which I'll let you talk about. But uh, Baron Fig has introduced multiple new products in the past four weeks, maybe three weeks. Um, so I did the Snakes and Ladder Archer Pencil last week, and it's just average. Like, it's good looking. I like how other pencils write better. Before that, they introduced the Confidant Plus and Pocket Sizes to the Confidant, which is their main primary brand, I guess you could say, is the Confidant. That's what the company was built on. And then on top of that, they dropped, went and dropped a pen sheath on us, Mike. So in the last few weeks, we've had... Um, We've had lots of figs falling from the tree uh-huh. from the Lord's uh, Baron. So what are you thinking about all these new products? Anything you're interested in? Are you over it? Or well, what do you got going on? I'm not... I, I mean, you know, the Confidant, I'm, I don't own any of them. And it's it's not a notebook that I'm looking for. You know, like I'm just not mm-hmm. looking to buy notebooks like that. But I do think that the especially the addition of the big one... If I was a if I was a Baron Confidant fan, like if it was my notebook of choice, I would be super into the big one. Yeah. Right? I think that is I think that this is a really sensible thing for them to do because clearly I mean clearly the confidant sells best and because they already sell a small notebook, right? I mean so it shows right. you the fact that they now have a small confidant shows you, I think, how their products sell. Yeah. Um and I think that this is a very smart move for them to to make a change to their product line uh, without adding a brand new product. I'm really pleased that this is just an extension of the Confidant rather than like another new thing, right? Like a brand new thing that they sell. Like, oh, now we have this third notebook, which is a big notebook. Um, So I like that. The pen sheath, I mean, fine. It's like an accessory. It actually looks Mm -hmm. pretty nice, uh, but Mm -hmm. I don't know why I would want it. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I, 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 it looks really nice, like for what it is. Like it looks like a really. I like the colors that they've chosen and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, I just, I don't really have a have a personal need for it to like for for a little leather case to put one pen in. Yeah. So let's start with the sheath. Sheath. Wow. Sheath. Um. Sheath. I just got it in. Um. Two right. days ago. Yesterday. Whatever. It's. Exactly like the Kaveco pinch sleeves that they sell, that Kaveco sells, to where it is a very unimpressive product when you receive it. It's super thin, it's flat, there's like nothing to it. Except when you use it, it's kind of perfect, right? I said the exact same thing about the Kaveco sheath. Good grief. <laughs> Can we call it something? Can we call it a sleeve? <laughs> because nope. apparently I cannot pronounce sheath. <laughs> so I'll just have to slow down. Um, Chief's sheath. Um. <laughs> Change your oh, mind. Boy. Love this product. Love okay, everything so, about it. So it's it's completely unimpressive upon arrival, but it's perfectly functional. Like I use the heck out of that Kaveco one for my lily puts. It's just this tiny, thin piece of leather stitched together. It feels flimsy. It, I won't say it looks cheap because it doesn't, it's leather. It's nice, but you're like, wow, I paid, you know, 20 bucks or whatever it is for this floppy little thing. But I love it. Like I carry my lily put around in that sheath in my pocket all the time. And this is the, I mean, it's, 
I wouldn't be surprised if the same manufacturer made these because it feels and looks exactly the same. So therefore it's nice. I really like it. Like I will, I put in the alphabet. I got the slate colored one as opposed to the yellow gold, which we don't really need to do that. Baron fig. It's tan. Let's just call this tan leather instead of yellow gold. That's something Donald Trump would be into. So let's just call this tan. It's tan leather. It's not yellow gold leather. And yellow slate gold? is gray. What is that? What's yellow gold? It's the color of the pin sheath, Mike. That's, that's not a color. <laughs> it's so the tan. I got the slate one, so I just put the alphabet in it, and it's just like the Caveco one. It's perfect. Um, yellow it's good, and if gold you, are two different colors. <laughs> it's like calling it blue red. I didn't see this this until this morning. I was like, "What are you doing with I the yellow gold?" I just noticed goldness? it. Like they just yeah. They, <laughs> you went too far with that one, Joey. <laughs> It's tan. It's a tan yeah. sheath. Yellow gold is not a color. I mean, you didn't call cool the slate one, like, I don't know, blue-gray. Uh, gravelly pumice. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, it's a fine product. It's $24. It's it's right on the money. Um, Confident, like you, super pumped about the large size. I think it's a great format. I don't use that format, but I appreciate that format. Um, I would use the large size way before the pocket size. I do prefer the softer, smaller notebooks for pocket size um, instead of hardbound pocket size. Um, yeah, so yeah, good products. Um, they keep churning it out, so uh, hopefully people keep buying it because I'd love to see them uh, keep churning things out. So we'll see. So good stuff from Baron Fig. I mean, and, let's uh, just say it though, right? Like you could say, like I hope that they, I, you know, I wish that, that they will keep churning out stuff. They're gonna. Right, like, well, you, <laughs> there ain't nothing well, you can do to stop that train. <laughs> that train has definitely left the station. <laughs> left the station. I just hope they've become one of those math problems, right? Like if two Baron right. Fig trains are hurtling towards each other <laughs> at two hundred miles an hour, which one's going to reach the station first? Yeah, I kid because I love. Yes, right. we do, and uh, I just you know, we hope, and I I'm, I don't think I'm speaking uh, out of line here. We hope that there's some inventiveness in the future is that but, fair yeah i mean we always do it's what we say every time i really like that's why i, I, I love- really like the confidence sizes i think that's a good idea yeah. i think it's a really really solid idea and mm-hmm. that is a, a decision that's clearly been made from a company that understands their customers like i yes. like that kind of thing like i can see yeah. that and i'm like that i really get that i think awesome good work like that is a smart mm-hmm. move um the sheath yeah. It's it's a nice accessory, sh- right? But they like, have fl- they have fleshed out their product line nearly completely. I yeah. can't think of what's missing at this point. They have all the things. They have like a notebook cover that they introduced last year that we've never talked about because it's just like the pin sheath. Yeah, it's just you know a small piece of leather that wraps over your confidant if you so wish. These are these they, are accessories that are like for super fans. Yeah, yeah. So they they fleshed out the branding and. Like now, the hardcore nut jobs like us are like, okay, impress me next time, right? Yeah, that's what I want to see, and maybe that that's completely unfair. Probably, I I would I will definitely admit that because, like we always say, and you just said it, they know their business better than we do, so they're doing what's the best interest of you know the majority of their customers. So they make good stuff. So they'll keep going. So good job, Baron Fig. All right, should we take a break? 
yeah, let's take a break. We have some super interesting follow-up, and then we have some Ask TPA to get to. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Use the offer code INK, I-N-K, at checkout to get 10% of your first purchase. Squarespace lets you easily create the website for your next idea. You can make your next move with Squarespace. If you want to create a blog, a portfolio, an online store, all of the above, maybe you want to create a site for the event that you're planning, for your band, maybe for your restaurant, for your podcast, it doesn't matter what you want to do. Squarespace is the only one platform that lets you just do it. You can just do it with Squarespace. You can build all the pages. It's all built on the web. You take advantage of their beautiful templates that look great on all sizes of device. You can drag and drop the page layouts around, and you can add everything in. You can put galleries and images and maps and music players and store functionality. It's all there. There's nothing to install. No security patches to worry about. No upgrades needed to the systems because they take care of all of that for you. They got it covered. Squarespace have got your back. They even have 24-7 customer support if you need it. You can grab a unique domain name with them as well. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. You can go and sign up for a free trial. You don't need any credit card to do it. And you can start playing around by just going to squarespace.com. You can build your entire website. Make sure that you like it. Make sure that you're happy. You can put content in there before you even sign up for a plan. But then when you do, use the offer code INC and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. And also show your support for this show. Thank you to Squarespace for their continued support of the Pen Addict and Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move. Make your next website. All right. So I kind of kicked the hornet's nest unknowingly <laughs> two weeks ago with my comments on post-it notes. And they're all terrible. <laughs> so apparently they're not all terrible and people are very um uh, supportive of their favorite post-it notes uh, did you expect any uh <laughs> the feedback that we got on this topic not really it felt like a one <laughs> and done either. to be honest yeah yeah so i am i i love all the feedback that we got they're like wow you are super wrong on this and here's why so there were two top two products that stood out from several people um, I know Mike from Inkdependence. If he's uh, he was in the chat room earlier, I don't know if Mike's Mike is gonna miss hearing his his name and lights again. He said he'll come on the podcast and talk about his post-it notes. But apparently, the the post-it super sticky notes are good with fountain pens. They're not the base level post-it note or the generic junk you get from the office supply cabinet. But post-it makes one called super sticky and. Apparently, its paper works well with fountain pens. It got a lot of support um, from the Post-it Note fans in the Slack channel. So that's a thing if you're interested in. The second one that got a ton of play, which I had never heard of, was a product that... uh, Oh, now the the link is not working. But uh, Nanami Paper sells a high-quality... Ends high grade sticky notes. So let me write read one of ends these. Ends high grade. Okay, yeah, ends, I've got that one. Ends high grade. So the link's room. working now. Yeah. So this is let's see. Zach sent this one in. Um, Brian sent this one in. Um, I think Bruce Amon sent this one in. Or he might. I, I might actually be missing another one. There might be one from Midori. But anyway. Uh, Brian says, after you answered a question about fountain pens and sticky notes on the last podcast episode, I felt I should mention some great sticky notes sold over at Nanami Paper. 
They offer ENDS high-grade sticky notes, which I've tried out before and can say work pretty well with many different types of inks. I wanted to pass these on. Um, Zach says pretty much the same thing. Um, And this looks interesting. Like, I will generally vote for Japan when it comes to good stationery. And I will actually commit to trying these out and testing them out. They actually, they have comparison picks with the 3M notes, with fountain pens. They look pretty nice. Some people, you know, have these and very much recommend them. So we'll see. It's just, you know, I just, it's never been a thing for me. Note cards have always been my thing because I've had such a bad experience. So maybe it's that I've been scorned one too many times with fountain pens and post-it notes, but these look interesting, Mike. I'm, I might can, can get behind this. So there's one last thing. If you want to roll your own post-it notes, this might come in handy with my note cards things. Uh, Chris wrote in that there's a glue stick by Scotch labeled as repositionable, restickable glue. It's not a post-it, but you can make use the paper that you want, use that glue stick that's not going to be sticky. It'll be a restickable glue stick like a sticky note. Oh my um, god. <laughs> that could be a thing. How did how is this like how is this a thing that is just like passed me by in my life? Yeah. That could be highly useful. Huh. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So you can use your note cards like I do and just stick them somewhere with this glue stick and not have it leave a residue and be repositionable and restickable. That's kind of cool. I, I could get behind that, you know, cut up a bunch of rhodia pads if that's your thing, you know, huh. and uh, make your own sticky notes. So the uh, the sticky note army was out in force Turns <laughs> after. Uh, yeah, turns out after my admonishment last week, I was way wrong on that. And I think it's just because I'm scarred for life with bad from bad sticky notes. They work really badly in my experience, but hey, there's apparently some options out there, so we'll have to do a we'll have to try it out. So, all right, you ready to uh, dig into this Ask TPA? Yes, sure am. So we have some we have some businessy stuff in here to get to. We have some fun stuff. Yep. To get into, so Khaled asked, "How many projects are in line for Knock this year? Are you looking at like new products, business expansion, maybe more retail stuff. What's on the horizon for your lovely little company?" So, I'm gonna go with a lot. So that's the short answer. A lot is on the horizon. We have been running behind, as we generally do, but just for different reasons. Um, as always, but we're finally getting to a place where we can see the future and we're trying to map it out. So the first thing is the Lanier. People were looking for a Lanier update. We should be receiving our first shipments of the Lanier in the next week or two, which means they should start shipping out mid to late April, and then they will continue to ship probably sometime into early March. It's going to just going to take a few weeks to get everything out. It's not going to be like a one big batch of, of processing because they're just large items, big boxes, lots of things going into that. There might be a chance we can deliver some at the Atlanta pin show. I don't want to guarantee that, 
but we'll see how delivery is going um, on that. So the, the, the Lanier was a big project to get done. It's on its last little bit here, and then those will be available from Knock directly once the campaign is completely shipped. Yep. So along with that was our A5 sidebound notebook, which is our first sidebound notebook. I mean, it's, it's my product, so of course I'm going to rave about it, but I love this stinking notebook. <laughs> it's the it's a great size. I love our paper. Um, it's my favorite paper to use just on a normal, for normal everyday use. And the ACE 5 format is excellent. We'll have some of this first batch left over, I'm assuming. So we'll sell those till we sell out. We printed a special Kickstarter run. So everyone was able to order them through the Kickstarter. If we have extras, we'll sell them at, at pen shows and maybe online, depending on how many extras we have. And if that goes well, we'll produce a new run for those. But they were basically for the Kickstarter project. What we've been working on since winter 2016 are our notebook covers that everyone's been wanting us to make for years you know it started with like the hobonichi a6 size um then people want a5 size and a5 slim size which is the traveler's notebook sizes we're into the final stages of finalizing everything about that project i think i'm confident enough at this point to say it's going to happen although i don't have final pricing yet which i should have this week but i've been through like four prototype phases we've been testing these for months and months and if all goes as planned which in manufacturing is never a guarantee we're looking at a fall release for a5 notebook cover cases a6 notebook cover cases and A5 slim notebook cover cases. That's going to be our huge release of the year. Completely new product line, completely new colors, completely new format. Um, this has been something people have asking, been asking for for years, but the way our business runs, you know, it just takes a while to do those kind of things. And we're finally at the point where it's time. So this is going to be a really cool release. Like I've been carrying the A5 Slim Traveler style for months, and it's my favorite case that I'm carrying right now. I just use the heck out of that thing. Along with that, we're going to do a few styles that fit the A5 Slim, um, which is your Traveler's format. So a lot of people will use the Traveler's inserts that they like. They're also from Keep a Notebook. There's lots of people that make Traveler size inserts. We're going to do that as well. Um, we're going to make our dot grid pattern. Um, we're going to do a calendar pattern, and then we'll probably do a blank pattern. Those are not finalized yet, so don't hold me to that. Boy. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're going big, Mike. We're, this is out. This is a big project for us. It's taken a long time to come for, to fruition. Um, you know, I think my first A6 prototype that I've carried was like two years ago. You know, and it was slow and it never really fit in the schedule. And we had to get all these other things going for retail. And, you know, we had to, I mean, we're always planning for that next thing. We just never know when it's going to fit into the product pipeline. Yeah. Well, this year it's ready for the next step of the products for the bigger cases. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be our big release for the year. The Lanier this spring, which was last fall's Kickstarter. 
and then for our larger notebook format covers to be our cases. I should say cases because they will all zip, um, which is a big thing with the traveler's notebook size. Like I wanted a zip case for that instead of just the leather flap. So, Mm -hmm. but you can use all your traveler's inserts and things like that. So I'd say, give me about a month. Kind of let me get through the Atlanta pin show, the shipping of the Lanier and the Chicago pin show. And then I'll start releasing pictures and the name and the size and the format. And you can learn more about them, but they will not be ready before. I don't see any way they're ready before September, October timeframe. Um, just because there's a lot to do. I mean, so that's how it goes. It takes a lot. Yeah. You know, it's a big, this is a big production for us. So, um, we're putting it on the line with these, but I mean, we love them. I'm, I, you know, like Jeff and I always talk about, we make things that we want to carry. So sometimes it takes work to tweak and finalize and everything. So it's going to be good. I am, Jeff and I are really excited about it. And it's just going to take some time to put the details, um, to finalize the details to where I'm able to just like totally share like the pictures and, you know, all the formats and the new colors. Like we just picked colors like two days ago. So, um, you know, we have another final round of prototyping to do. I'm still waiting on the pricing, but we're far enough along to where we've put too much into it for it to not happen. It's definitely going to happen. So it's going to be a thing. So how's that for the how's that for the answering the question? And I'm it's not even done. Like, like I'm not even near. That gets us to the end of this year, right? Yeah. Like, and then we're already planning for 2018. Cool. Is already planning because we have to. This is how we're running the business now. It's fun. Jeff and I are getting to design more and make less. Yep. Um, while we're keeping our quality and pricing the same. And having it still made in the USA, it's it's all lining up, Mike, to That's be pretty sweet really, deal, really man. good. Really good. The everything's been going very well so far. Um, we'll keep, you know, ramping up new products as the years go on. You know, we definitely want to get into bigger bags, you know, messengers and backpack size stuff. So that's, you know, years worth of work to yep. put out a product that we want to put the knock name on, so we take it seriously. You know, that's why, you know, people have been clamoring for these cases for years and it just takes time, you know, for us to do it right. We're just not going to throw something against the wall and see how it's, see if it sticks and then, you know, revisit it and redesign it, you know, every two or three months, because that's not how this business works for us. You know, we're going to hopefully put the time in up front and do it right and then have a great product to sell to everyone after that. So yeah, it's awesome. We're 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 excited. We're doing really it, really man. pleased with how things are going right now. Yeah, so it's it's crazy good, crazy good. Whew. I know. Yeah. Let me, let me ask I, this question. Give you a couple of seconds. Yeah, go for it. Michelle asks: Are there any retailers who will tune a nib before shipping? Not custom tuning, just basic flow and consistency. So this is a great question, and I replied to Michelle on. Twitter because I wanted to get a little bit of feedback from some of the companies that I thought did this. So the first one that came to mind is nibs.com, which is um, classic fountain pens, which is um, where I bought a couple of Nikaias from. And they don't have every pen brand. Like Michelle was worried about buying a Kaveco and having a bum nib, which is a thing. That's one of Kaveco's kind of gotchas. They sometimes have nibs with baby's bottoms and they don't... um, do super super well with that so classic fountain pens does 
they basically have a section on the form when you order. Tell me how you like to write. What do you want done to the nib? And they'll test everything, get it all set for you um, before you go. I thought Goulet pens might. And I know they can't do that for every nib, but I was seeming like I was thinking that they did like on a special request. If you had that um, question, they would do it. But I understand that it's just kind of like they're shipping way too many things, but they will. They won't make adjustments, but I think they will test it to be sure if you ask kind of thing. Uh Um, But I think their volume is just so high like that would be. Um, that would take up a lot of time. Um, so if you're per- looking to pr- purchase like, you know, retail brands like Caveco as opposed to manufactured brands like Edison or Franklin Christoph, those are always going to be tuned and tweaked before they leave the door just because that's built into their process, it's built into their pricing. Buying something like Lamy, Caveco, even Pelican, maybe from anyone it's they're probably not i mean i know a lot of pens will test them from the factory like i've gotten pilot pens with like blue ink like like a faint hint of blue ink because they will test them before they go which is maybe why i've never had a problem with a pilot nib out the gate so the best thing you can do is ask and ask if they will test it for you some will some won't it's just kind of you know no guarantee unless you're going to nibs.com where it's part of their service that they offer so that's a really good question because you always want to get, we, we talk about it, how, you know, sometimes you get nibs that, you know, aren't the best or out of alignment and, you know, it, it just happens with some companies. Is there a way to avoid that? I think you're just going to have to email who you're dealing with on a regular basis and see if they will do that for you. So there's that. It's a tough thing. That's also good why you can, uh, Go to a pen show and test them out ahead of time if you're able to get to one. That's another feature. I've fallen down the nibs.com, the Kaya hole. <laughs> That's a bad place to be, dude. I'm close to having the money together. I know, I know. I'm That's not good. far off now. I've been saving. <laughs> I fell down an eBay rabbit hole last week on vintage pens, but I... I didn't last long. I was like, nope, that's a mistake. Like That stuff needs to be bought in person online and you know, talk with the with the person who's selling the I wish I could buy a Nakaya in person. Yeah, that's a tough thing. That's a tough thing. Understand that. Understand that. I love this next question. What's the story behind the Pen Addict logo, asked James. The story goes as this. There's no story. <laughs> it's our friend, Mike's good friend, Forgotten Tal, Frank. Mike went to him. The original... Okay, here's a good story. Yeah. What's the original? Before, what was the original? The original. I don't even remember it now. So the, you don't remember this? Because this no. is an amazing... This is where the story's at, Mike. Because someone really famous did our original logo. Oh, you're thinking about the podcast logo. Right, like I'm yeah. just thinking about your logo. Like I oh, don't no. remember your original logo. Well, I remember my, our original logo. My current, my current logo came from the podcast art. Yep. So that's from a gentleman named Frank Forgotten Tal yep. online. Yep. Who said we need a logo for the pen addict? Frank said, "Okay, let me think about it." He sends an email with the logo, and we both go, "Oh my god, we're done." 
Like yep. there was no in Mike and I had no input behind that. And I said, can I use it for the blog? Because it's kind of amazing. And that's how the logo began. There was no, there was, I had zero input on that logo other than probably the color. Like we said, well, let's make it the orange of the pen attic thing, whatever we're going to do. And then Frank goes, how about this? There wasn't even like a choice. There wasn't, there weren't like five choices. And we picked this one. He goes, how about this? And we go, yep. <laughs> that's how the best stuff happens. And the logo has been amazing. Um, but I do, I do want to tell the story of the original podcast logo. I think you should. Um, our good friend and former 70 decibels uh, stable mate, Aaron Mankey, was at one time, did had a graphic design business yep. on the side. Yep. And so he was in charge. He was our Frank back then, right? He, was, yeah. he did all the logos for all the shows for 70 decibels. Including the 70 decibels logo itself. Um, what currently, I'm actually wearing my 70 decibels t-shirt today. Nice. That's one of my all-time favorite logos. The for anybody decibels that doesn't one. know, uh, 70 Decibels was the name of my very first podcast network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Aaron Mankey has gone on to become a one podcast superstar. One of the most popular superstar. podcasters in the world, like flat out, he is. He. So if you're not familiar with the name, you may listen to his podcast. It's called Lore, um, which I absolutely adore. I think it's fantastic, and Aaron deserves like every ounce of fame that is coming with this. He's turned this is like a top ten all time podcast, like in Apple's rankings, like yep. millions of listeners a week. This has been parlayed into a TV show that drops this fall, a book on deal, Amazon, a book deal. He does a, a speak, he does tours, he does like, a speaking tour, yeah. uh, or a show tour, I guess you should say. Yep. So. Um, this is a guy we know very, very well, and it's are super just proud him. of him. It's and him it's when just he's on. Him. It's amazing. Yep, it really it's, is incredible. It's amazing, and I talk to him about it from time to time. You know, he was at our first uh, knock party, and yep. we found some pictures of him the other day. Him and uh, our other good friend Bradley Chambers, because me and Aaron would get together every spring before the pen show, because he was coming down to visit his in law. So we'd go to breakfast, or we went to his house to record uh, a podcast one time. So, yeah, the original. The I don't know what you call it, the bubbly polka dotty thing. It was a real cool logo. Um, but the new logo, I think, is what James was asking. I about. think the and original was like it was meant to look like a letterpress. Yeah, gotcha. And it came out good. Beautiful. That was a good logo. But yeah, now so the yeah. current one is uh is Frank is Frank's work. Yep. And uh Frank is awesome. Like you just you just give words to Frank and then they come back with magic. Yeah. He That's everything he you see. That everything you can see of Relay FM is mm-hmm. is him. Yep, if you can see it, he made it. Yep, t-shirts, everything, the whole the yep. whole shebang. He does everything. He does great work, great work. So, yeah. So the story behind the logo is there's no story. It just came out of Frank's head, and we loved it. And then I uh, abducted it for everything pen addict because it's yep. so good. All right, next one. We've kind of talked about this a little bit. Why don't you uh, why don't you read this out for me and. And then I'll I'll collect my thoughts because this is a good question. Uh, this comes from Paper Late. Uh, I would be interested to hear your thoughts on products which come from people within the pen community. With recent examples such as Nox Lanier, Anna's Coloring, and Squishy Inks Hipponoto, as compared to the ability of larger faceless companies to introduce similar products. I cannot imagine people getting as excited about pen cases from Samsonite or another notebook from Rodia. 
which is owned by Solvay, one of the largest chemical companies in the world. How important is this artisanal aspect to our pen community? So I think uh, Scott kind of knows the answer to this one asking it because I think it's kind of obvious, but it's definitely worth saying, you know, and he hit on it and the question, we're not faceless. We're part of the community. You get to understand where we're coming from, why we're doing the things that we do, why it's important to us that we do it. Um, You know, you get to hear like in last week's episode, how everything that Anna went through just to come up with a paper for her product. That was a process. You know, I just talked about how hard it is or how long the process is for us to make a single pin case. Like, you know, I could go to Jeff tomorrow and come up with a pin case and put it for sale on the shop, you know, brand new design, but that's not the right thing to do for our business. You know, we want you, we want to give you the nuts and bolts. So you, you know, understand where we're coming from, understand the decisions we make, and then you can make, you have all the information to make that purchasing decision. Now that doesn't mean I don't go out and buy a Rhodia pad because I like Rhodia pads. It means that other products, I want to support the people that are part of the community as well because that makes the community as a whole thrive. Like the things we've seen change over these 251 episodes have, I don't think anyone could have predicted this five years ago that we'd have people making pen cases and people making notebooks with special paper and people manufacturing pens from different metals that fit the favorite refills that we want to make. And you've got to learn these stories as these things goes on, as the, you know, as time goes on. And you've gotten to learn the good. You've gotten to learn the bad. Um, you've gotten to be part of the ride of all of this. And I think that's important to the community that you have people that really, really care about the community and about the products that they make. And that just makes it easy for people to support those types of makers. You know, none of us are ever going to be Rodia. You know, we're not going to be owned by multinational corporations, but we're going to keep supporting and building and believing in a community of like-minded individuals who believe in cheering each other on and propping each other up and supporting each other. Like I want to talk about, like I, I am, I do this for my living. I make my living off of pens and papers and pen cases, but I want to support everyone else who makes pens and paper and pen cases as well, because it's healthy for the community, right? I'm not a person that's going to knock down someone else who's doing something similar time to what I'm doing. That's not healthy. It's not good for the community because you want these people to succeed. You want to understand why they believe in the community like you believe in the community and I believe in the community. So it's a big deal to me to help shine the light on other makers in the community because of of all the reasons, you know, that's, that Scott's talking about, you know, it's, it's really, really cool to see someone have an idea, have a strong belief in a product, put in the time and effort to 
make it the best they can be and have the nerve, and I say that in the positive way because it's nerve-wracking, have the nerve to say, hey, will you check out my product and consider buying it? That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And to have the co- the community you know, support you um, and have that built-in support system, um, I think that helps a little bit with that getting past those nerves of, of doing that out there. So I, I hope I answered that okay. I felt like I, I did one of my rambly things there, but uh, I think I got around back to it. you have anything to say, Mike? I just think that these these small products tend to have more of a story around them, um, a story mm-hmm. that a lot of people can, can better associate with than like here is the new product in our mammoth product line. Um, and I think that a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people like to hear those sort of stories. And as well, like if you're if you're in a niche market and you're making a niche product, if you are a customer of that, you like to know that the person who's designing the product uses that stuff, right? Because yeah. then you know it's likely to fit the specific needs that you feel you have. And and I think that's why a lot of these products sell well and or people get excited about them because it's like this product's made for me um, mm-hmm. where, where I don't think that a big big company is able to pull that off of, as well because because of the size of their audiences they have to like they have to make things a little bit more broadly and I, I think that's why the, the small artisanal handcrafted people will continue to thrive in this market mm-hmm. yep and it's uh you know the internet and social media has definitely helped uh with that we wouldn't we wouldn't get a shot um like we today like you know in the in the old days we wouldn't yeah. have the the playing field has been leveled to a degree to allow people with ideas in their head to make something of that and it's uh pretty cool to be part of a community that supports all kinds of makers from you know all around the world and uh it's just a it's just awesome. Love it. Absolutely love being part of this community. And um, it's just fantastic every day. Uh, last question today comes from Stacy Bean. Hi, all. I believe that I heard Matt Armstrong state that he wouldn't sick Luke the dog on a person heading up his walk, <laughs> wielding a ballpoint, because stationary geeks are my people. My question is, how do we get this way? Uh, vampires, they were bitten by a vampire. Is this type of thing genetic? <laughs> I thought I was exclusively a fountain pen user, and now I own rollerballs and pencils. Fountain pens were a gateway drug. Who knew? So I, I put this to in follow here. a lot of this question, honestly, Brad. So, I'm not going to lie. I I put it in for a reason because I got a tweet yesterday that summed up everything that this question is about. So the tweet came from a gentleman named Ashraf. And he says, I think I'm becoming dowdyism. My favorite pen is the pen I'm using right now. And there is so much truth in that comment. And I think Stacy is discovering that now where she started with fountain pens and, you know, shunned the rollerballs and gel pens and pencils. Um, kind of like we at the beginning of this show five years ago. Kind of, we didn't shun fountain pens, but we didn't get it. Like, I'm good with my micro tip gel ink pen. But now this whole world has opened up. And I say it all the time how much I love a $3 pen as much as a $300 fountain pen. 
you know, it's what I'm using now. I get so much enjoyment out of every little thing in the stationary world that the smallest little thing can give me the most enjoyment in the world. And how did we get this way? You know, it's, I I don't know what the, the common gene is that links us all, but we're all the same way. We can find like the awesomeness in the smallest little stationary item or the biggest, most expensive stationary item and just have fun with it. And just, I, I keep a big crystal in my desk because I love that pen. And sometimes I just pick it up and write with it because it's fantastic. And it's like a 50 cent pen and it's amazing. Sometimes I pick up a $700 Nakaya and go, boy, this thing writes awesome. I love this pen. This is my favorite pen. And then I'll go and grab a pencil that costs a dollar. And I was like, man, this pen just, this pencil just gets me. It's like the right smoothness and firmness and darkness. And I love this pencil. So it's cool. Like we, um, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely, a an addictive sickness that we all have, but in the best way possible. So yeah, I don't know if I answered the question, but I just thought it related to this tweet I got saying my favorite pen is the pen I'm using right now. And that's all you need to know. I think that about wraps it up for this week's episode, Brad. Yeah. yeah. If you want to find our show notes for today, go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 251. Thanks to Squarespace for supporting the show. If you want to find Brad online, he's at penaddict.com. He's at dowdyism on Twitter and penaddict on Instagram. I am iMike. I am Y-K-E. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.